Hello. I'm going to do book club today because I want to. And I've been reading this book. I'm getting really into books recently. I'm so excited to read. Um, but this is called Lilith. Here's the dust cover it came with. I think this is a first edition print because this book is from like 1961 from J.R. Salamanca. I have no idea who he is. I, um... Just felt like looking up mental institutions because, yeah, 1961, because, I don't know, I think I'm a little fucked up <laughs> and I'm trying to, like, expose myself to, like, crazy people because, um, I don't know, I'm a, little, I'm a little wild in my brain and I have some notes. It's only the page numbers of, uh, the quotes that I'm going to do. I'm about halfway through the book right now. You can see that there's a lot of tab marks that aren't in here. And I've just been tabbing. Um, at first, I wasn't tabbing. I was just uh, telling my boyfriend quotes that I really liked. And, you know, he would discuss them with me. And it was really nice. And I want to make a podcast of it. I would have him do this with me, but he doesn't want to. <laughs> um, I'd even ask him. I know he doesn't want to. But... Ah, what was the way? And yeah, so I'm just gonna get into it. I have been really interested in reading. Like I said, I'm looking into mental mental institutions because I'm like, how fucking crazy am I? And I also want to read read uh, Girl Interrupted. I was gonna read that next, but I think I'm gonna take a break from this and read this Dostoevsky book that. I just got, it's called The Idiot, let me fucking show you, it's super fucking long. So this episode's gonna be a part one of this book, Lilith. This nice little hardcover. I might need to reverse the camera in editing because everything's showing backwards, but look at this fine print for Dostoevsky. I don't even know how I'm gonna read that. And it's huge look at that what is that this is a regular size book <laughs> it's like a textbook and it's like a it's a fiction book too i'm excited for this like i've heard about dostoevsky for so long from jordan peterson and um some good quotes i don't know i don't really remember them i remember one. Oh fuck what was it oh my god Every man is responsible for whatever happens to him and whatever happens to everyone else. Akira the Don. <laughs> you should listen to him. He's really good. Um, but excited to read this. It's a, uh, like, <laughs> I read reviews and they're like, this is the worst Dostoevsky book ever. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just saw like a Jordan Peterson video and he displayed all these uh book covers and i was like i want to read the idiot because that sounds fun and it's about this dude that's trying to help everyone and i don't know no one's taking advice and you know that's kind of me you know <laughs> i'm a fucking idiot but i'm so excited to read this book and i haven't read i haven't read this in like a week a week and a half or so i've been trying to read but i just haven't had time to sit down and read because i'm working my client went to, because I do an architectural drafting freelance business, 
that I made myself. And I don't know. But uh, yeah, my client was going on vacation and they're fucking shooting out all their procrastinated work or I don't know. Every time a client goes on vacation, they're just trying to pop, 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 pop. Let's get all this shit done. And yeah, I suffer from it. <laughs> but um, let me drink some water. I'm very excited about this book because I really like it. Like, I didn't think I'd like it. I I didn't think I'd like it this much, and I found it out of like nowhere. I yeah, I looked up. I looked up like books about mental asylums, especially specifically asylum. I like the word asylum. Like, I've been I've been obsessed with asylum since I was like twelve. Um, but like, kind of obsessed you know like just like the idea sparked some joy in my brain but I never really looked into it because I was like mm, I think that's a little fucked up to look into this stuff I don't know um the American Horror Story Asylum uh season that was my favorite season I think I I uh, I kind of like fell off of that series after that just because it's it's an asylum like asylums are good um yeah, and I looked up books for mental asylums, and this one came up. It didn't have this cover. It had, like, this, like, creepy girl face cover, and I don't know, Lilith, that, that title caught my eye because of a Halsey song called Lilith, and oh, I'm also, like, super into Halsey. She's really good, like, really good, <laughs> lyrical-wise, um... I think, uh, like, when I said that, I'm trying to, like, look into fucked up things because I think I'm fucked up. Well, Halsey's, uh, no no disrespect, but Halsey's also, like, a little bit fucked up. Uh, very, I mean, in different ways. We're all fucked up in different ways. But, like, very similar to how I'm, like, overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. I think she's also the same way. And it's nice to see that. So I've been, like, super into her music and, like, oh, like, oh. Uh, everyone, everyone's kind of jacked up, kind of, or there's at least other people that are jacked up, and that's great, because <laughs> I need to not feel alone for a second. <laughs> um, so I have some nice quotes. I'm gonna timestamp when I'm doing this, <sighs> where these pages are, so I could edit, edit a little fucking quote or something on here. I don't know. Um, but, the reason this caught my eye, um, the description, I don't know if they have a description of this. Oh yeah. Yes, 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 they do. Lilith is a powerfully drawn portrait of innocence corrupted by evil. Fucking love that. Innocence corrupted by evil. And just, uh, that sentence. Innocence corrupted by evil. That, that's what, that's what got me. Innocence corrupted by evil. I just love that. And, uh, apparently, should I read this? Lilith, okay, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. Lilith is a powerfully drawn portrait of innocence corrupted by evil. An evil so brilliant, so beautiful, so imaginatively conceived that even its violence and amorality have a fantastic splendor of their own. This is the evil of Lilith. A wildly deranged young girl who creates for herself a strange paradise of sexual ecstasy. 
a fantasy world of poetry and passion, which she inhabits in preference to the real world of the scene. Her world has its own language, its own philosophy, its own music and art, all exquisite, all exquisitely constructed and richly sensual in their design, and it has its own religion, religion that uh, I don't feel like reading this anymore because I, <laughs> I think it's gonna spoil me. I'm only halfway through the book, but uh, <laughs> basically, like that innocence corrupted, fucked up girl. I don't know. It made me feel really good, and I don't know. So far, I'm fucking loving the book. Like everything it's talking about, specifically like the first like story it kind of gives about his mom. I didn't, I'm gonna get into it later, but like I didn't expect to feel so closely to this guy from 1961. Like who knew I would have any similarities to this guy, but like he was raised by my grandparents. I was raised by my grandparents. He struggled through a lot in his childhood. I struggled through a lot in my childhood. And like, it kind of also like struck a deep chord <laughs> with my trauma. And I had to sort through it before reading more. <laughs> like it was a lot. And my God, I'm so happy I found this book. Like very, very synchronistic with who I am. And I'm glad I found it. Uh, more stories about Lilith, why I also thought it was good because a because Halsey made a song called Lilith and I was like hmm sounds good and uh I looked into what Lilith meant more and apparently there's this biblical figure where it was Lilith first and then Eve with Adam Genesis ring a bell um I never heard of that before but apparently Lilith was like just this fucking bad girl female girl and I was like Adam was like hmm I'll pass <laughs> and uh, they read Eve which is better which is like eh, like uh, when I was reading it like there's like the typical journalist or whatever whoever wrote the article that was like this is because males have an unrealistic expectation on women and it's like you know if you're a shitty person, maybe you don't deserve a good person. <laughs> like, uh, you need to grow to the occasion of having a great life. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really listen to people that are like, because, like, we're all people. It's not, it's not really about female or male most of the time, but sometimes it is, like, uh, in some occasions. But I don't know. Should I smoke this? It's the morning. I just woke up. And I thought this would be a nice way to fucking wake up. Because I haven't read in a while. And I need a break. And uh, yeah, I've been giving myself a few breaks. Here and there. So that's nice I guess. Um, let me drink some water. So I'm just going to get into it. I just poured water on my foot. It's super cold. Uh, um, and maybe I'll smoke a little bit. No, 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 no. Let's just get started. I just ate some spicy food a few days ago, so... I'm fucking breaking out. Uh, <laughs> it's not fun. But, yeah. Let's just start with this. So... 1961. This book was made in 1961. I just got back into reading. I reread the Hunger Games series. 
<laughs> I said reread, but I first read it like in the beginning of this year. Like that was my first read of the Hunger Games series, and that was like eight months ago. So it's pretty pretty soon to reread, you know? Um, that's just how good the Hunger Games is. But super easy read, super quick, super like very, very good read. If you ever want to get into reading, I would suggest The Hunger Games because it's so good. Maybe that's just because I like the book. And uh, Hunger Games is so good. But spoiler alert for Lilith? Not for Hunger Games. I'm not going to spoil Hunger Games on a fucking Lilith um, book club episode. But yeah, spoiler alert for, for Lilith if you ever want to read this book. <laughs> because I'm gonna fucking quote it and like talk about it but there's so much setup in this book and it goes so slow like so slow it's wild like Hunger Games was like like I was saying boom 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 this happens this happens this happens suspense 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 this one's like how a grandpa tells a story like well first like it all started when I, it uh starts from his childhood because this is about when he's like 22 years old but he's like starting from childhood he grew up in this town and he always liked this little music store that was closed and he always wanted to play this fucking instrument that i don't even know the name of it's a, a weird sound it's a weird word um and then he talks about his first girlfriend, his horse that died. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> this whole thing is spoiler alert. But um, it's so much setup, and I don't know, it works. It works. With uh, Katniss and Hunger Games, it just goes. She tells you important things to, to her if they are important, but I don't know. There's just so much setup. And, like, you feel like it's going nowhere, but it does relate to the story a lot. Because it, it's kind of portraying his character. It's, it's building up his character. You, you get to know him. It, it, you, you get to know him from the start, and it's nice. And it's super cold in here. And I'm just going to deal with it. Because, uh, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm on a roll. But very slow. And there's 30 pages before this quote. I have no idea what it talks about. I think it just talks about his town. I hate setup. I hate um, reading about what a place looks like or what a town is or I don't know. I'm just so bad at reading environments. I just like to get into the nitty gritty like conversations, uh, events. Um, it's really hard for me. My attention span is I grew up in the 2010s. Maybe that's why I grew up in social media. And uh, I'm trying to learn how to have more attention and, I don't know, big brain. I want a big, I want a big brain. Um, so, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start in this quote page. I wrote, I wrote it right here, but it's also in the book. I don't know why I would need that. But uh, it's page 30. It's my first quote. I have 12 quotes for you guys. And I'm going to talk about each one after. I think I'm cold because I legitimately spilled that water on my foot. It's like ice water. <laughs> it's also the beginning of fall and I'm wearing pants and never, I'm wearing shorts. I usually wear pants. All right. 
let's get started. So this one was heavy. After her death, as I had promised her, so this was his mom. His, his mom died of sickness. He, his dad is a loser. So he's being raised by his dad's parents. And let me preface this. He's, uh, he's being raised by his dad's parents. So his grandparents and his mom is living with his grandparents. His fucking grandpa hates his dad because, um, so the dad of the dad, so his son, he hates his son because, uh, you know, he's not being a man. He's not taking care of his kids. He's just off in wherever being irresponsible and not taking responsibility for like having a kid or any of that. So, um, there's that. His mom is like hopelessly devoted. Oh, sorry. I touched the mic. Hopelessly devoted to, um, <laughs> the father was for some reason she would write him a letter every every year on his on his dad's birthday but she didn't know where he lived so she just sent it to some random place didn't put a return address so it wouldn't come back to her and she would just hope that he'd get it like she'd send it to Paris or like I don't know like Portugal or something because she's like oh like, I like to imagine that he's out traveling and that he gets my letter and that he, uh, he just reads it and, uh, yeah, it makes me feel better. And she's just like, why do you, why, why aren't you angry? <laughs> it's, it's really funny. And the, the, the Vincent character, he's the main guy, um, narrator, uh, he also said that he was like, I don't know why she doesn't hate him because I hate him almost a little bit for what he's put her through. And the mom gets sick and she dies, obviously. Um, maybe not too obvious. And it's like, uh, it's pretty sad because he's like eight years old <laughs> when she dies, which, uh, let me preface this. I'm doing a lot of setup, just like this book. Because I want to be boring as fuck. Um, but um, the reason it hits me a lot and the reason it's so heavy for me is because uh, my mom's a fucking psycho and a drug addict. And uh, when I was 11, after she came back from prison, I don't know why I trusted her. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was. Uh, she came back in my life when I was eight. Because she's been, like, in and out of prison. I've been raised by my grandparents for, like, since I was four. Um, 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 uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, when I was 11, uh, after, like, trusting my mom for a while, for about three years, because she came back when I was, when I was eight, and she lived with, with, she lived with us for three years, relatively unscathed, unscandalous, and uh, just, like, being a good person, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she just, uh, took a bunch of drugs when I was 11 at home, uh, started freaking out in the living room. I fucking cried my ass off like a fucking pussy. And, uh, uh, they locked me in, uh, my uncle's room or my cousin's room. I forgot, you know, how rooms switch between a household. Um, but yeah, my cousin just comforted me and this is like my most traumatic memory, by the way. <laughs> Hello. Nice to meet you. Um, and yeah. And then, uh, 
eventually she stopped screaming and like uh he knocked on the door first of all they locked the door and were like don't open this door <laughs> like ever <laughs> they uh she knocked the door and she was like uh and like we just like saved me and my cousin were like i my cousin's like three years older than me um two years and uh i think two years that's interesting um what am i talking about yeah she knocked on the on the door and she was like hey let me say goodbye and we were like fuck you we're not opening that door they told us not to <laughs> and uh someone else knocked on the door maybe my uncle maybe my grandpa i don't know but they're like millie it's okay you can open the door now <laughs> and we're like okay and i was like fucking with her clothes crying and she was like i'm just gonna go away okay <laughs> and like they like took her off and like we saw her get uh put behind this uh police car the living room was trash. Like, there's fucking couches flipped over. Most traumatic memory of my life. And, uh, it really struck a lot when I read this comment. Or this, not comment. This, uh, quote from this book. And, like, oh, all that feeling of, like, all this trauma that I pushed down, uh, kind of got brought, brought back up. This is that's the reason why I told you that story. I didn't just randomly tell you that story, but um, yeah, it, it triggered a lot. This quote triggered a lot of those emotions. I don't know why I'm holding this, but it's so fun. Um, let me drink more water. I got my backup water right here. Do you guys like my nightstand of Advil, Benadryl, and Tylenol? I hope you do. <laughs> um, okay, so let me start this. After her death, as I had promised her, I did not often cry, but I was silent, with that terrible silence of children who have been touched too soon by tragedy. I recovered very slowly from her death. Perhaps it would be truer to say that I became very slowly the person whom her death had created from my earlier self. And when I did, the world was changed for me. It was still a place of beauty, pleasure, and often of happiness, but that deep mine of peace and perpetuity, which I had known to exist at its core, was no longer there for me or held another kind of ore. There had passed away a glory from the earth, Although the rainbow came and went, and the rose was as lovely as before, yet, as I say, there was much pleasure and happiness for her children heal readily and grow, and are endowed with an infinite will to survive. Nor was I ever wholly destitute, for I was always aware of the abiding love and kindness of my grandparents. And then, it talks about other stuff, but um, <laughs> it's mainly like that my god like like that is how it feels when you're a kid and you get fucked <laughs> like that's how it fucking feels that terrible silence of children who have been touched too soon by tragedy i recovered very slowly from her death 
perhaps it would be truer to say that I became very slowly the person whom her death had created for my earlier self because you're not the fucking same person after shit happens to you. You're this nice little kind, lovely soul and then you just like, you're done. You're like, you're fucking over it and you're fucking pissed off and like, we're just sad or I don't know. I don't know. I'm putting on lotion, by the way. Um, that's a good quote. I've never read something like that. I've never read something where someone else was like, <sighs> like, like, you know, like something sad happens, something really sad happens and it just goes away. Like you as a person goes away <laughs> and everything is flipped. I've never read someone like that. That's why I feel so connected to this book. And like, it's so synchronistic with my life because I randomly found this author. I've never heard of this author before, J.R. Salamanca. Like, I've, I was never recommended this book. I just happened to find it. And this is the thing I find. And this is the thing that fucking triggers me and a lot makes me deal with these emotions. And after I dealt with those emotions, after I read this, I felt so much better, like, so much better. And fuck dude like that's a quote that is a quote and that's my first quote <laughs> get ready for more that i mean that's the heaviest one like i don't know maybe it goes downhill from here but um <sighs> oh my god this poor boy this poor life um i think i'm gonna go to the next one i don't have anything else to say i have this like Oh, let me just dance that off a little bit. That shit sucks. <laughs> like, fuck. Fuck. Oh. oh my god. It's just like, I feel like I got enshrouded by this. Like, I don't know, it's just so sad. But let's let's get let's keep going. I feel sore. Like I feel sorry. <laughs> that's how people in Canada say sorry. If you ever watch Canadian people, that's how they say sorry. <laughs> like I'm legitimate. Sorry. Um, I'm not racist. <laughs> okay. Next uh, quote is with his girlfriend and his girlfriend. The way his first girlfriend. This isn't Lilith. This isn't like the thing I came here to read. There's 90 pages of setup. You don't even get to Lilith until like 90 pages in, which is really great. He has like hints of her, which I think I quoted later on. And it's so much. There's so much setup. But yeah. Wait, I don't have that one quote. Let me uh, quickly find that quote where, yeah, he first uh, sees her, Lilith. Like, just to, like, bring the excitement. This is the quote that got me, like, oh, I want to fucking read that book. Let me drink some water. So this is before page 30. I started with the most heaviest quote. Here's the thing that got me excited about the book in the first place. So in these, um... Uh, first few chapters you don't really see Lilith that much but here's that first fucking quote that really got me because when I was looking at the book um on eBay 
the person took a picture of this page specifically really nice like this is the reason about the book so here is where I am so this scene is right after he he was a grocery delivery boy took a lot of pride in it this like old lady tried to hit on him and he was like whoa <laughs> and uh he just like ran away and he felt like very uh move like I don't know like not moved moved in the wrong way by the situation and you know I'm starting to think that I have French eyebrows I don't know what race my dad is I think I'm French because like just <laughs> just going on a different topic um I'm like looking at pictures of my boyfriend's like parents parents like so my boyfriend's grandma and like her eyebrows look like mine and she's French so I think it might be French look at that I'm, fuck I'm fucking owning it I'm French now I don't even know if I am I should take 21 in me 23 in me maybe when I turn 23 okay so look at this quote about when he first sees Lilith it's uh at the asylum so not at the asylum but it's like on the yard of the asylum like right across he's delivering to a house that's right next to the asylum so let's uh, read this my hands were still trembling as i opened the rear door of the van to remove the box of groceries and in my agitation i dropped the carton a box of eggs fell open and smashed upon the pavement i stood staring at staring down at them bleakly bright yellow shining naked yolks some of them broken and oozing in livid rivulets embedded in a pool of glittering colorless slime there came, from across the street, a sprinkle of cool, delightful laughter. I lifted my head and looked across the pavement and the low, barbary hedge which bordered it to the asylum lawn. A girl in a white dress stood watching me in the broken shadow of a willow, her long, yellow ha hair, very pale and radiant, like sunlight through honey, lay softly on her shoulders. Stirring a little in a breath of air which swung the willow trailers gracefully in front of her, she held them apart with her hand looking through at me. I shall say her face was slender and white, with great violet eyes and a bright tender mouth cleft with a hint of cruelty. But Mary in that moment, lifted in laughter from her moist teeth, yet nothing I put down here can convey her inexpressible strangeness and beauty. She laughed again, a sound like the crystal prisms of a wind chime blown together in a breeze of cool, perfumed air. And while I watched her rapidly, lifted one hand as pale and fragile as a branch of coral and hid her eyes with it in a shy, alluring gesture, both timid and wanton, letting the willows fall together like a veil. Was she alone? I can never quite remember. Sometimes it seems that there was an attendant, a dark-haired woman in a matron's uniform, standing, in a little, standing a little away from her, but the image fades into nebulosity at its edges, and I cannot quite recall. All that I see clearly is the girl in her white gown, the cruel and tender beauty of her face before she covers it with her hand, the slenderness and pallor, pallor of her throat and arms, all softly diffused and delicately shadowed by the sunlight falling through the willows, casting a radiance like golden frost upon her hair, and behind her, 
rising distantly and mistily with a look of enchantment through the summer haze, the palace of fantasy from which she had strayed. That's a quote. I didn't even quote that. I didn't even bookmark that. I just remember it. I knew where it was. Fucking writing where that was. Mm-hmm. Alright. So that's your first look at Lilith. That's fucking great. It's like so good. Like that's your first look at her. And it's such a good introduction. That's his first look at her. She hasn't he hasn't talked to her. He's not gonna talk to her in for years. Like that's just that's him at eighteen years old and he goes off to war for like four years and he comes back when he's twenty two and she like leaves the asylum and then it comes back as well. Like <clears throat> sorry, I burped. She wasn't there for four years. She got out and then she got back in and uh it's so good and like you know what's great about that quote specifically is that like four years later after he talks about fucking going to war and stuff he he like subtly like this is this is the thing about 1961 books and uh books like from the past or just like anything from the past is that they respect your audience and they expect you to remember what they're referring to. Like, I feel like creators of a lot of stuff nowadays think that you don't have the ability to fucking think and remember something cool. Because... Look at this, um, that was on page 32, maybe, no, it was in, it was on, like, page 20, 23, page 23, let me write that down, where the fuck's my pen, PG 23, yee, okay, so page 23 was when he saw her, fucking 65 pages next or 65 pages in the future is that is that the word um he makes this like quote and it's like so because uh he's okay let me let me preface this he's with his grandparents his grandpa wants him to go to college he made a big speech about it when he was like 18 and and uh the kids like uh, I don't think I earned it I don't want to go like uh I feel like I have more of life to live before I invest in learning anything and his grandpa's super sad about it he's like well it's not about earning it like I hope you know that and uh he's super hurt by him not wanting to go to college anymore and he, he wants to get into the workforce immediately. You know, I'm 22 right now, so this is actually a really good book for me to read. And, uh, because I'm also trying to figure out what I want to do. And it's 
so good. It's such a good book. I 100% recommend it. It's hard to read and like um, it's a lot of setup that like it's a lot but whatever he says the things that he's writing down in this on these pages I resonate so much with. Um, but referring to page 23 of her cruel smile or whatever he says that hint of cruelty I love that I love that quote um so he talks about how um he talked about before how he lost a friend and how they were planning to make a bookstore in his hometown um so he's trying to figure out what he wants to do he's like I don't know what I want to do and uh, just so you know, the popular 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 lodge is the asylum. He's trying. He's trying to. He's trying to decide where he wants to work. And he's spoiler alert, going to pick the asylum. <sighs> okay, let me read this quote. I had nothing in mind. My vision of the quiet neighborhood bookstore had vanished with Eric into the Philippine Sea, and nothing had replaced it. But, on an inspiration of the moment, or was it after all? entirely of that moment i said suddenly suddenly well i've been thinking about popular lodge and like he just says fucking maybe i could get some kind of job over there where i could help those people somehow mother always wanted me to do something like that blah 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 but it's that or was it after all entirely of that moment that's him referring to Lilith, I keep, I keep, I keep on wanting to say Clementine because I love <laughs> um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I get a lot of those vibes here. Like I said, I'm trying to fucking uh, look up a lot of, not look up, but get the stories of all these kind of deranged girls. And Clementine's a little bit like that. Um, like I, I'm, I'm like no shade, but like they're legitimately like like having all these emotions and that's what I am that's who that's what I do like who I am and yeah I just really like entirely of that moment and that's all he says he doesn't specify but I know that's the moment he's talking about because he doesn't refer to her at all like in the rest of the shit like it's it's all about his life and he barely he barely he barely 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 talks any hints about Lilith only that time and that time and then another time in between um with this one quote um I'm in, I'm getting pretty close to it too I could just uh go to it um I'm taking notes, by the way. The last picture of my childhood. Okay, so I'm gonna... I'll get to his uh, ex-girlfriend, his first girlfriend later on, but let me just, since I'm already here, let me go on page 76. This is my third quote that I wrote in my notes. And let's uh, figure out this shit. 39, 26. I'm taking notes for video later. Um, let me drink some water first. I need some water before I read because or else my mouth gets really 
you know. <laughs> it's probably like that already, but okay. I love this book. So this is him talking about war, and the reason that I quoted this is because I don't know too much about war. We're in a pe pretty peaceful era right now. I guess it's like becoming a little unstable, but um, I don't know. He fought in World War II. I don't know if the actual author did, but it's likely. Like, the book was made in 1961. Um, what am I saying? So, he's talking about World War II, and I don't know, I just like the quote because it just showed, <laughs> talks about a lot of grotesque shit um, from that time. World War One. Did I say World War One? World War Two. World War Two. Nazis, Hitler, stuff like that. And, I don't know, I just, like, I don't know too much about World War II. I should, I, I kind of want to know, want to know more. It's very fascinating to me, if uh, I do say so myself. So, let me talk this shit out. This whole period of my life, so this is about war. <laughs> Again, this whole period of my life has about it the quality of a dream. Lurid and grotesque whose bizarre intensity has nevertheless a kind of demented splendor, like a heap of shattered stained glass from a ruined cathedral window, which I once, which I saw once in the rubble of a middle of the street. Broken images in livid, luprous colors, the fragrance once holy, profaned by mutilation, insanely and obscenely juxtaposed. It is a dream which recurs yet, as lately as two nights ago, when I fell asleep with the window open beside my bed and the curtains blowing across my face and shoulders with a fragrant softness, which in the, in the narcotic moment between consciousness and sleep, I imagined to be the touch of Lilith's hair. It returned to braid my mind with images like these. And then it says images. I'll, I'll read those in a second because they're so like nice. But... I'm talking about how he barely mentions Lilith, and this is the one other time in this entire 90-page segment of setup that he mentions her. There might be another time. I don't remember it, but I... Because I'm so excited to see Lilith for the first time. You, I got this book for her. Like, I, I want to... This whole book is about her, and you don't hear about her um, in the, these 90 pages. It's almost psychotic, <laughs> like, how little he talks about her in these in these beginning chapters and like but the reason I like this quote so much is because it's him right now writing the book like it's not him talking about years ago like because this whole 90 page segment was stories about his previous life which why Lilith isn't in those in in this part of the book is because it's it's part of his previous life but this is him talking about two days ago while he's writing this down and how he imagined Lilith, Lilith's hair because at this point in time he met her and I don't know what the fuck happened to them you he doesn't say we don't know if he's even still with her or if he's like fucking insane or what's going on but um he's having these nightmares about war PTSD and he's like uh, imagining these curtains flowing, blowing across his face to be Lilia's hair. And I don't know, I just found it to be a really nice uh, quote. And yeah, I I'm gonna, should I read the rest of this? 
might as well. I'm already here. But, um, let me uh, just read this last sentence. It is a dream which recurs yet as lately as two nights ago when I fell asleep with the window open beside my bed and the curtains blowing across my face and shoulders with a fragrance of softness, which... In the narcotic moments between consciousness and sleep, I imagine to be the touch of Lilia's hair. It returned to braid my mind with images like these. A hand severed neatly at the wrist with the horrifying fastidiousness which, with which high explosive sometimes separates the human body, lying pale and bloodless on a doily of moist fern as if placed very carefully on display. Like one of those morbidly tempting exhibits, a lifeless flounder on a bed of parsley that decorate the windows of a seafood, of seafood restaurants. So a hand, just like, like that imagery is really good. A hand, it's on a fern, like it's being displayed, like a fish <laughs> in a seafood restaurant. Like that's so good. Um... It really gives you that image, like, wow. And you would think of that if you saw a hand on some, like, fucking parsley. <laughs> so it's nice, it's nice honesty of what he's thinking about in the moment. Or the eyes of the American civilians who had been in prison for three years in the walled city before we arrived to liberate them. Even more pitiably than their wasted bodies and shrunken skeletal faces. So shy, so tragically, irremediably, irremediably shy, their ruined spirits peering through with the heartbreaking humility of those who have been mortally violated. There's more to that to to this quote, but I don't know. It's like talking about a Japanese soldier that soldier that threw a bunch of grenades in an amphitheater. And, like, uh, they were there for three months, and that Japanese dude just sat out and waited it out until they started trusting and being less cautious. And then he threw a bunch of grenades in this theater while they're having fun. And I like the thing he says right here. Four huge scarlet roses openly, opening suddenly in the velvet darkness, each one accompanied by a pain of anguish, anguish wonder. Well, above the carnival of screaming, stumbling, maimed young men, a gigantic Rita Hayworth, oblivious to the throes of her libido, arrived and whimpered in the arms of her seducer in a ghastly parody of their agony. I read that so poorly <laughs> i'm not gonna read it again i didn't want to read it in the first place but um <sighs> that's war and it's a, it's a nice uh peek at war because you know you don't hear a lot about it i know jock jocko has a podcast and he uh, quotes books specifically from people who went to war. And I don't listen to it because <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> and I don't know. Um, not my style, I guess. I'm putting on lotion, by the way. And yeah. So let's go to back to this nice story. Not of war at all. <laughs> That's like the one time you hear about war in this podcast specifically. <laughs> 
because I didn't quote anything else. It's it's pretty dark. His friend died in the Philippine Sea, as it mentioned earlier. Maybe you didn't catch it because <laughs> I didn't mention it or highlight it at all. I highlighted it a little bit, but let's go to this his first relationship, which is pretty depressing relationship. It's a girl that I kind of just like followed him up this mountain during a field trip and was like, yeah, you're not with anyone and I'm not with anyone. So maybe we should be together. And they like kissed and we're like, yeah, sure. Um, but she was pretty boring and like, didn't feel like she really loved him at all. Like he, he didn't really feel like the relationship was passionful. Passionful is that a is that a word? It's very passionless. And um, I think this little excerpt. It's a huge excerpt, by the way. It's like three pages long. I'm gonna be reading for a while. I should probably drink some water. Um, but this is his first relationship these few pages and it kind of grasps his kind of experience with love in a sort of way you know which uh, is it's good setup because it's um preparing for his innocence and like how he just he has no experience with dating or woman or anything of the sort he's just super innocent innocence corrupted by evil which is nice i i love i love that quote or just that phrase like he's untainted he's a little tainted with his life his horse died and (laughs) his girlfriend didn't really like him and his mom died and he doesn't have a dad like He's just trying to have a nice life, and I'm so excited for when he gets, like, devoted towards Lilith, because, like, I just want to see her fuck him up. Like, I don't know why I'm so excited about that. I'm just so excited to see her fuck him up. I don't know why. Let me read this. It's his first girlfriend. She doesn't love him that much. She, she she started the relationship because she's the one that proposed the relationship. She was like, we could end it whenever you want. <laughs> but we should be with each other because, no, why not? We're not with anyone else. Shitty way to start a relationship, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I like you. <laughs> Um, but let's read this. It's a really nice story to follow. I might drink some water and like take some pauses in between because it's like fucking three, three and a half pages, but. (sighs) I say that our relationship was banal and obtuse, and yet I remember, I can remember very clearly the immediate loneliness for her that I used to feel. Walking home through the quiet, dark streets and the sense of peace and compensation that the knowledge of her affection for me and her quiet competence and our few fumbling moments of passion gave to me. Yet sometimes I would become fiercely indignant 
at what I considered the ignominy of a relationship. I was shamed by the lack of vitality of our feelings, and because the compassion in which our friendship was founded was not as profound as I had felt that it might and should have been. Wait, let me read that again. I was shamed by the lack of vitality or feelings, and because the compassion in which our friendship was founded was not as profound as I felt that it might and should have been. I would not tolerate an intimacy. I would not tolerate an intimacy with anyone with the which was fa fatuous and conventional. Sorry, I'm reading this shitty. I'm bad at speaking. I broke out in exasperation at her once. Laura, look at my face. You say you look you like to look at me. I do. It's very handsome. Is that what you want to hear? You're very handsome, Vincent. She smiled and brushed my lips with a shaft of wheat that she had plucked. No, be serious, Laura. Nothing ever seems to, well, to move you. I want to be moved by something. Look at my hands, then. Watch when I move my fingers. Don't you see? Doesn't anything ever move you? Oh, that's a nice setup for later. Oh my god, let me write that down. Uh, also, let me write down what, uh, what I'm doing. Uh, PG 48, uh, 53 minutes. This is set up for later. Wow. Man, let me look at my hands then. Watch when I move my fingers. Don't you see? Doesn't anything ever move you? You'll see, you'll see later. Um, I need to find that quote, but I have it bookmarked, book tab, so it won't be that bad. What's the matter, Vincent? Are you angry? No, it's just that I don't want us to be, well, ridiculous. Can't you understand that if we go on courting or whatever it is that we're doing, just because we happen to meet each other and not to be in love with anybody else, well, then it's ridiculous. Don't you understand that? No, I think you're angry. You're too intense, Vincent. You've been alone for such a long time that you've been dreaming about girls. But girls aren't the way you dream about them. What are they then? She dropped her head for a moment and clasped the back of one hand with the other. I waited for her to answer, but she did not. What are they like then? I asked her most, almost angrily. Are they like you? Some of, the, some of them are. I am, Vincent. It was a cool fall evening, and we were sitting under naked trees behind, beside a stony spring to which we often walked. We had built a fire of oak twigs, and it was dying, the embers glowing bitterly like a heap of rubies under the gray ash. I stirred them with a branch, watching the exposed coals bloom into a livid incandescence. She watched the fire for a moment and said, Do you want to stop then? No. Why? Because I think it can be different than this. I think we can feel really close to each other. I want us to be really in love, Laura. I looked up at her face, which was flushed from the heat of the fire, her brown eyes shining darkly, the glow of the coals buried deeply in them. Your eyes are so different from the rest of you, I said. You seem as if you had somebody else's eyes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think you resent me, Laura said, because I'm not like... Oh, maybe it means she's angry. I think you resent me, Laura said, because I'm not like the girl you always dreamed you would have. I'm not very beautiful or talented or witty, and you resent me for that. You feel as if you've been cheated. 
I stared into the fire, flushing, for I think, with a sudden pang of remorse, I may have recognized the partial truth, at least, of what she had said. And it made my protest and dissatisfaction seem suddenly ignoble and vindictive, and in the, spa in the spasm of humility which followed this acknowledgement, I saw also, with suddenly humbled vision, the vanity of my appeal for love, for profundity of feeling that could be made to grow slowly and surely, as it must grow only by patience, devotion, and selflessness. This is a reference to something you said before. I'm not gonna fucking find it, but um, something, I think his grandpa may have told him that um, love comes from something that you put time in and devotion and selflessness. So this is a callback to that. There's a lot of callbacks. Like, nothing's ever unimportant in the story. Like, the setup was made for something. It was annoying, but necessary, you know? Things are like that. Things aren't just go, go, go. Like, they are nowadays, you know? 1961. Good book. Well, I'm sorry you feel like that, I said. I don't think it's- I don't think it's so, Laura. I certainly hope it isn't. She leaned toward me and laid her hand on my shoulder. I think it's very nice the way we are now, she said. I don't want you to be all wild and impetuous and everything. I just want to make you calm and more sure about things and more peaceful. I think that's what you need, Vincent. I don't want to be all wild, Laura. I want us to feel really close to each other. I want us to be really in love. I think that's the only way you can feel peaceful. And then what would happen? What do you mean? What would happen if we were really in love? I don't know. We would be in love, that's all. It would mean much more to us that way. She took the stalk of wheat from between her teeth and tossed it like a little spear onto the coals, watching it flare for a moment and then curl and blacken convulsively, almost instantly carbonized by the heat. I have to be the way I am, Vincent, she said. If it isn't enough for you, I don't know what to do. I said we could stop anytime you wanted. I don't want to stop, I said. I want to be in love with you, Laura. I want to be in love with somebody. Does it have to be me? I, wa I wanted to be with you. I couldn't be in love with any of those other girls. They don't think about anything but fraternity pins and dances and records and things like that. I think you know more than they do. I think you could give me some... I think you could give somebody more than they could. I guess it's silly to say these things out loud, though. I guess it isn't something you can ask for. She stood up, brushing her skirt with her palms, and stared into the fire for a moment, her hands laid still against her thighs. We'll just have to wait and see, she said. What? Well, what? Well, <clears throat> sorry, there's something in my throat. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> What Laura meant by this, I did not inquire, for I felt, as always, chastened by our sobriety, and also, perhaps more significantly, alarmed by the prospect of surrendering what we- surrendering- let me, said, let me say this better. What Laura meant by this, I did not inquire, for, for I felt, as always, chastened by our sobriety, and also, perhaps more significantly, alarmed- by the prospect of surrendering, surrendering what we had. However insufficient it might seem, for hers was a single relationship, relationship I had had. Outside of my grandparents, which was not merely social or conventional, 
And so our fresh friendship continued in its muted, passionless way. I like that last quote. And so our friendship continued in its muted, passionate, passionless way. Passionless. Ooh, wow. I have a lot more to read. I'm like an hour into this. What the hell? Crazy. I'm barely three quotes in. This is going to be some wild shit. <sighs> Let me take a moment to take that in. I think that's realistically, yeah, that's the last quote I have of the setup. It's pretty good. I almost feel like I need to stop this, but I have so many quotes to go through. And it's such a good book. Such a good book. Let me get a second. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll make this like a multiple part book or a series for book club. I thought it was going to be a two part book, but I'm legitimately an hour into this. And I feel exhausted. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel better. I, I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't, I don't want to fucking work. But now... Now I feel like going through this has made me really nice. And we, we got through all the setup. Like, that's a lot to get through. That's 90 pages right there. And I, I, I don't know, I just want to have a deep analysis of this book. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't ramble on too long. I literally only quoted, like, a few things, but... <laughs> That's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, let's make it like a five-part series. Why not? I don't feel like doing it anymore right now. I mean, I feel like doing it later, but I just don't feel like quoting anymore. I feel like it'd be a little tedious and like a lot of work. So, like, let's stop it. Why not? Good job for listening to me, I guess. I hope you liked it. I really like this book and I've been really enjoying reading so far. Like just reading in general and buying books. I'm really happy about it. It feels nice to read. I haven't read it in so long. I haven't given myself free time to do stuff in a long time. And it just feels nice to read and it feels nice to go back on these quotes too. Even alone. Like I thought it'd be better with my boyfriend but this is also really nice. It's, it's nice to just say what I feel because I already had these conversations with my boyfriend about these quotes and like you know that's that's that one thing and here's this thing I really love this book like I love it a lot and it says a lot about me I don't know I feel a lot for it I can't wait to keep on reading it so I'll uh, be back next week <laughs> Um, with another part of this. Like, this is really nice. A lot of good content. All right, see you later.